Well, let's see. Let's start off somewhere around Genesis 43 tonight for springboard. So we know that uh, Joseph has been sold into Egypt, and uh, uh, he has been uh, made the ruler of the land, and uh, through uh, God's providence has, uh, has uh, put forth a plan to save those people around the land and in the land, and uh, to provide food for his people and many others uh, during the famine. Uh, Genesis 43, 1. Uh, the Bible says, And the famine was sore in the land, and it came to pass, when they had eaten up the corn which they had brought out of Egypt, uh, Joseph's brothers had already made one trip to Egypt and back to their father. When they had eaten the corn which they had brought up out of Egypt, their father said unto them, Go again, buy us a little food. Judah spake unto him, saying, The man did solemnly protest unto us, saying, Ye shall not see my face, except your brother uh, be be with you, and that brother uh, in the context being Benjamin. All right, well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word tonight, and, and dear God, I just ask for the filling of your spirit uh, that I might minister your word to your people, and I thank you for each one here. I thank you uh, for your presence with us. And, uh, fill me with your spirit, those in the nursery, fill with thy spirit, God, and, and Lord, I thank you for the good services this morning, for the preaching of the word, and for the moving of your spirit. God, I'm thankful that we can learn uh, about your will and, and how we're supposed to walk and be empowered as we seek you, God, to walk in it. And Father, I just pray that you would edify your church tonight and uh, draw us closer to you. We're thankful for all that can be with us uh, online as well who can't be here uh, physically tonight. And might you be with each one of them and speak to our hearts and just challenge us with uh, uh, this account, this record of history you have provided us through Joseph and his family and how you've worked and, and provided so wondrously. And Father, uh, uh, we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> uh, I do have a letter from Anna that I want to read. Um, an update, a little bit more in, in, info, and uh, that uh, uh, she sent for us and sent my wife, and my wife gave me this. Uh, this past week, I had a doctor appointment to go over my uh, CT scan and lab results. My lab results are uh, looking good. Uh, I am uh, still slightly anemic, but nothing to be concerned about at this point. My other levels are looking good and there were no signs of fluid in my abdomen. At this point, we will repeat the labs and CT scan in three months and wait and see if any symptoms come back. There are a couple of uh, nodules in my uh, thoracic cavity uh, that uh, we are keeping an eye on. They have not changed since my last scan. Once the no one of the nodules is on my thyroid and the doctor has ordered uh, an ultrasound to make sure there's nothing going on. I do not have a date for that test yet. He uh, also uh, ordered blood work to check my thyroid levels 
and those have uh, come back normal. My family arrived home safely. I am adjusting to having uh, my family gone. Thank you for your continued prayers in Christ's love, uh, Anna. And so uh, she pressed for prayer for her family's adjustment as well, going home and many issues to deal with, unpacking and, and church situations there. And uh, Anna, with the continuing insurance saga, to pay everything that needs to be paid. So uh, we certainly miss, miss you, Anna. And uh, uh, we we're waiting for that time you can come back. And all of our folks who are out uh, because of this COVID thing and other illnesses and such. And uh, we're thankful for, uh, for God's mercies and grace, but looking forward uh, to God uh, providing and, and working uh, through these things, bring us back together as soon as possible. Uh, let's lift these up in prayer. Dear God, help Anna and give her grace and healing. Thank you for the good reports and just pray for uh, the doctors to have wisdom and clarity and how to help her best. We thank you for the healing and grace there, Father. Pray for her family now back home for their safety and adjusting to the changes that have taken place there for that grace and strength that they need. Also for uh, the insurance, uh, dear God, to pay uh, for the things that they ought to pay, God. And uh, we know that it can be a hard trial, Father. We uh, pay for those coverages, and then so often uh, uh, they don't come through, uh, we feel, as they should. And, Father, please help there and guide in that and, and work that those things would uh, would be able to pay what they ought to pay and, and work smoothly there. Help her and give her grace and wisdom in communicating uh, with those that she'll communicate regarding these things. And, Father, uh, we thank you. We praise you. Uh, we ask you these things in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. All right. <clears throat> All right. I already get the ticker. Yeah. <clears throat> so tonight we see we've been we've been studying Joseph, and I've titled the lesson tonight uh, "When God Is Revealed." When God um, is is revealed. <clears throat> now, um, the famine was in the land, and. Uh, uh, I'll go back even a little farther uh, when I opening here. Uh, Joseph is uh, 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 taking care of the land of Egypt. He is uh, head over the the, uh, uh, the the dispersion of the food and all that, and uh, he is directing all that as countries come to Egypt uh, for food. People are are, are 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 getting starved to come there and, uh, and, uh, being forced there in that way. And, uh, Joseph's brethren had, uh, come down on their first trip. Uh, they left Benjamin behind and, uh, and, uh, Joseph, uh, had questioned them. He's trying to question them, I think, to see if, to see where they're at in this thing of, uh, you know, of uh, selling him as a slave and to find out the situation of his brother Benjamin who's back there and he's trying to find out where his brothers are. I mean, they weren't in a good, they weren't in a good way towards him, obviously, when, when, when they booted him out. And he's trying to see, I think, if there's any heart change there, if there's been a change. And, and so uh, uh, he, uh, he uh, provides uh, for his family. They, they come, they get some supplies and, and, uh, and he had... Uh, held them uh there for a while and but now he's going to let them go back with the food and and uh and he says this he says unto them the third day genesis 42 18 this do and live for i fear god so he's 
I, I believe in your God. <laughs> I, I fear God. Uh, if ye be true men, now remember he's disguised himself from, let one of your brethren be bound in the house of your pray, prison. Go ye carry corn for the famine uh, of your houses, but bring your youngest brother unto me. So shall your words be verified, and ye shall not die. And ye shall not die. And they did so. They said one to another, We are verily guilty concerning our brother, in that we saw the anguish of his soul uh, when he besought us, and we, and we would not hear. Therefore is this distress come upon us. And Reuben answered them, saying, Spake I not unto you, saying, uh, Do not sin against the child, and you would not hear. Therefore, behold, also his blood is required. And they knew not that Joseph understood them. Uh, and he spake un, uh, uh, for he spake unto them by an interpreter. Uh, and so uh, he's kind of testing his brethren to see where they're at. Uh, uh, in uh, Genesis 44, uh, we see that, uh, that uh, Israel goes back. They go back. They end up taking, you know, uh, uh, food uh, uh, back, back to the family. And uh, they find out that their, that their uh, money is in their sacks. And uh, uh, they begin to get starved out again when all that food is used up. So they, Jacob sends them back into Egypt with the money, uh, just in case it was a mistake, they said. So they come back into Egypt uh, uh, with the money and with Benjamin, because Joseph said, Don't, you're not going to see my face unless you come back with your younger brother. So they come back now with the money and, and, and with, uh, and with uh, Benjamin. And they come before Joseph, and you might remember he he uh, he uh, has them in in for dinner and such, and uh, he, uh, he 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 dishes out their uh, their portions, and he gives Benjamin five times as much as the others, <laughs> and uh, uh, a little test here. Let's see how they seemed to handle it well. There wasn't any arguing or anything like that, and uh, so they passed that test. Well, when they when they get ready to leave. Uh, Joseph tells his servant, the same one, by the way, who probably he returned their money to the sacks. He says, "Here, take my uh, uh, what, what was it? What, his what, what was it? His cup, his cup, his cup that he divines in it, and put this in the in the youngest one's sack." And so he hides that that cup in there, Pharaoh's cup, and uh, they head back for home. And Pharaoh sends his uh, his uh, his people after them. And uh, 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 why have you stolen uh, from me? I've done all this for you. Don't you know that you know such a one as I can divine? And and uh, why have you done this? So they begin going through all the sacks, and you know the story. They find the gold cup in Benjamin's sack, and so they come back and and uh, uh, feel like they've been caught by God, actually, by their conversation because of all the wickedness and evil, and uh, and so. Uh, uh, Joseph uh, says, you can go back. He says, he says but I'm going to keep uh, uh, Benjamin. Because when, they, when they, then they came, when the Joseph's servants came looking for the cup, they said, whosoever cup it is, whoever you find with that cup, you take them back and they'll be your, you know, you can kill them, I think he said, and we'll be your servants. Well, what Joseph, they found the cup in Benjamin's sack. He says, well, I'm going to keep Benjamin as my servant and I'll let you guys, you know, go back. Uh, go back with the food so that's that was the next thing that he said to them and then Judah speaks up and Judah says in Genesis 44 32 thy servant became surety for the lad unto my father 
uh, saying, If I bring him not unto thee, then I shall bear the blame to my father forever. Now therefore I pray that let thy servant abide instead of the lad, a bondman to my Lord, and let the lad go up with his brethren. For how shall I go up to my father, and the lad be not with me, lest peradventure I see the evil that shall come uh, on, uh, on, on, my, on my father? So that's a good sign. So if you might remember that Judah himself was the one who spearheaded the idea of selling Joseph into Egypt. You'd find that in Genesis 37, uh, uh, 26. He says, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh <laughs> and his brethren were content. Let's not kill him. Let's just sell him as a slave and never see him again. We want to be kind to him after all. He's our brother, you know. And uh, 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 maybe not as bad as what some of the others were thinking of doing or even himself at one point, but certainly not a good thing. Uh, and so they end up selling him into Egypt. Uh, and uh, they come back now. They, 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 now they're in Egypt and we see the change of heart in Judah where he's willing to stay himself in the place of Benjamin. In the place of Benjamin. Uh, why? Because of concern for his father. So we're going to learn some things here. Through Joseph we see a practical lesson, lesson in Christianity. The lesson uh, of forgiveness. Joseph uh, was able to forgive his brethren uh, because of God's, of God's, prom, of, of God's providence of God's providence uh, when Joseph they come back into Egypt and uh, and he's going to deal with them about this cup and he's <clears throat> he's going to speak with them and uh, and uh, <clears throat> once they realize you know they they they, they that he has uh, he's called them back into the house and such and uh, and he's before his brethren his heart's yearning for them he goes out and weeps and such and and the Bible uh, says in Genesis 45, 4, he says unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that ye sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and, and yet there are five years in the which there shall neither be earring nor harvest. Must have been a, quite a famine. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. So uh, Joseph sees the big picture now. It wasn't you. It was God overseeing in all of this. And, uh, and this, I'm, I'm sure, helps him uh, be, being able to, for, to forgive his brethren. Uh, so he was able to do that. He recognized God's, God, God's providence. And we can recognize that in all things as well. Uh, what else do we see? That uh, Joseph forgave because of God's presence. Because of God's presence. Joseph, in fact, was a godly man. He was yielding to the Spirit. He was doing what God wanted him to do wherever he was. Wherever God's providence did lead him, he was serving God. Uh, we, read, we've, we, we, we recognize that uh, through the accounts that we've looked at. Though we're just hitting pieces of it here and there. We've seen that God is with him. In Genesis 39 too, uh, the Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Remember, that was his first place in Egypt, that slave there in Potiphar's house. Uh, and, uh, and what happened? Potiphar's wife lied about him and he wound up in prison, right? 
But then Genesis 39, 21, but the Lord was with Joseph. And he showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And, uh, and so God had been with Joseph. And even when Pharaoh uh, exalted Joseph to be the caretaker of the land, uh, the Bible uh, says that he, he gave him, uh, I forget the wife, the, uh, uh, the, the priest's wife, priest's daughter's name, I forget, anybody remember what it was? Potiphera, yeah, uh, he gave her, he gave uh, Joseph uh, her for her to wife, uh, to be his wife, and uh, and so he had two children. Uh, Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God said he hath made me forget all my toil, and all my father's house, and the name of the second called Ephraim, for God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. See what is God, God has been with him. And what might have been very tumultuous, perhaps, in his spirit with all this happening, you know, apart from seeking God and finding that peace, which Joseph probably likely did, it seems anyway. But, uh, but uh, he's saying, look how God's blessed me. I'm ruling Egypt now. I've got, I've got fruit. I, I've got a wife. I've, I, I've, I've got sons. I have to, though my family has been bad toward me, my brothers, God's been real good toward me. God has used this toward me. He's been a strength, a strength for me. And so because of God's presence, uh, you know, God's good to us, isn't he? And if we, if we would sit, start, take a, the time to do, do as that song says and count your many blessings, we'd find ourselves probably a little bit more easy to forgive uh, when, we're, when, we're, when we're wronged and such. Uh, so, uh, so we see that in the life of Joseph. Uh, secondly, we see here that Joseph was, was uh, in Joseph, in, through Joseph we see a portrait of Christianity. Joseph uh, reveals himself to his brethren. And that's what God is doing uh, uh, to us by faith. He is, Jesus Christ is what revealing himself to us as we grow in the grace and, and knowledge uh, of the Lord. In Genesis 45, 3, Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph, doth my father uh, yet live? <clears throat> I am Joseph, does my father yet live? And so, and the Bible says, uh, and his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. Troubled as, at his presence. And as Christians, we know that Christ is revealing himself to us when our sin leaves us speechless. When our sin leaves us speechless. See, his brethren were speechless at his pardon for them. When they considered their sin, uh, uh, they were speechless. Uh, they were troubled. His brethren could not answer him, and uh, they'd just been thinking about all the, the way they treated him. Now they find out this is him. <laughs> this this is the one we've been talking about, and 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 we're bef and we're before him. We know that Christ is revealing Himself to us when 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 our sin leaves us speechless. We think about that. Christ will reveal himself uh, uh, to us in a, in a great way one day in the world. Uh, Romans, uh, Revelation 1, 7. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him. By the way, that will be a great day of repentance for the remnant of Israel. Amen. That are going to go into the millennium. Uh, they're going to have a, a broken heart just like those brethren did there. And uh, all kindred of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. And by the way, uh, we ought to be amazed still uh, and speechless about our sin, amen, when we sin against our Lord. Romans 5, 8, But God commanded his love toward us, what? 
in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You ought to be amazed at that. You know, uh, when you're walking with God, when you're drawn closer to Christ, you don't have any excuses for your sin. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you, you, you sin and you mess up and you just, it, it's like God, God forgive me is all, is all you have to say. God help me not, you know, I'm sorry for that, help me not to do that again. That, that's kind of the way, it, it, that, that's the way it ought to be as God is revealing himself to us. His mercy uh, to us through Christ is indescribable. Uh, Paul says in Galatians, writes in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and died for me. You see, he gave himself for me. Uh, he gave himself because of me. Uh, there are times what, that we, we may express disgust at certain sins. You know, child molesters, uh, murderers, and so on. And we think, that that sin's disgusting. Well, you know, they're all disgusting to God. Amen? And uh, that's just the plain truth. The Bible says in 1 John 2, 2, He is the propitiation for our sins. And not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. In other words, God's wrath could not have been appeased for my sins had Christ not died. God's wrath could not have been appeased for your sins if Christ had not died. Someone self-righteous might think, well, preacher, I've only ever told my own, I've only ever sinned once and that was just a little white lie. Well, Christ had to die for that. <laughs> Christ had to die for that if that was the case, of course. If, you, if you're saying that, that's at least two lies you've made now, okay? But, uh, but that's how bad sin is. If we offend the law at one point, what? We're guilty of all. And as far as justification goes, uh, it, it, it's just, it, it, is, it needs the blood of Christ to be cleansed uh, that, we might be, that we might be forgiven. But this man, Hebrews 10, 12, after he'd offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. <clears throat> uh, there's not a sin upon the earth that did not require the blood of God's perfect son that it might be forgiven. Not a sing one single sin would have required the blood of Jesus Christ uh, for the forgiveness of that sin and to tend to reunite that soul, to deliver that soul from hell and reunite that soul to God. And, uh, and we have to recognize that. We ought to recognize that. Uh, and... Uh, uh, and David recognized this, this truth uh, as far as uh, our, our sins and such. He, he writes in, in Psalm 51, 16, For thou desirest not sacrifice. He's talking about his sin. He wants to get right with God. Thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. That's the only sacrifice God accepts for sin. Is when we break down and say, God, I got no excuse. <laughs> I just sinned against you. The one who has shown me uh, more love than the universe can understand. You're the one I sinned against. You're the one I rebelled against. There's no And, 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 and the only sacrifice God accepts is a broken spirit over that a crushed spirit a contrite spirit 
contrite. To be brokenhearted for sin is to be deeply affected with grief or sorrow for having offended God. For having offended God. You see, the contrite heart is broken not because of the injury it may receive or the blessings it may miss, but a contrite heart is broken because of the injury it has occurred, it has incurred. A contrite heart is broken because of the injury it has caused or incurred. And when we sin against God, we are causing him injury in a sense in, 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 in his love toward us. Joseph and his brethren coming to this place of, I believe, repentance in the heart is a picture of the working of the Holy Spirit. Joseph was kind of, kind of trying to gauge where they were at in this thing of repentance. And look what he says uh, in, the, in the passage here. Look here, look back in, uh, in uh, see, where was it? On uh, <clears throat> the brethren, uh, when they were before him, they said one to another, Genesis 42, 21, we are verily, what's the word? Guilty. That's part of repentance. We are verily guilty concerning our brother. Here it is. In that we saw the anguish of his soul. Joseph apparently, when they threw him in the pit and such, was pleading for mercy. We saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us and we would not hear. We would not hear. You see, now that's affected them. They've come to true repentance. They're sorry for their sins because of what their sin, sins incurred. How it impacted Joseph. Think about Judah. What did he say? How shall I go up to my father and the lad be not with him? Lest peradventure I see the evil that shall come on my father. See, they had already seen the suffering that Jacob had for years thinking Joseph was dead. They caused that. And Judah was saying, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I'll stay here and be a prisoner before I see my father suffer. See what happened? They came to true repentance. They were sorry for who their sins were hurting. You see. And all sins are first and foremost against who? Against God. Against the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, because his love is the greatest love. God was bringing them to true repentance. What a, an example of what the Holy Spirit does as we preach the word of God and such. I think in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verses 9 and 10. Talking about the Antichrist coming. And, uh, and there will be people saved during the tribulation period and such. But it talks about uh, uh, the working of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will still be working uh, during the tribulation period. He won't be there in the presence of the church because we'll be out. You will still be doing convicting and working there. And talks about the Antichrist. Uh, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Here it is. Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Did we get the picture? Jesus said what? Greater love hath no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. You see, when you, when you hear the gospel, 
and you understand it and you reject it by unbelief you are not merely rejecting the truth you are rejecting the love of the truth you see the gospel is God's love poured out God is saying listen human being what I've done for you through Christ is a matchless love you can't imagine anything greater and I offer you my love and forgiveness through what my son has done for you. And I command you, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And someone says, no, thank you. What have you done? You have rejected God's love. That makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck. <laughs> to reject the greatest love ever shown, ever could be imagined. We can't even fathom it. It's such a great love. To reject that love. It's the same thing explained in John 15, 13, I believe. Uh, and uh, just grade 11, no man this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. What about John 3, 19? We know John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him, what? Should not perish, but have, ever, have everlasting life. So they hear the gospel, they believe. What happens? They receive the love of God. They receive the truth. They receive the love of the truth. They have everlasting life. What about the rejectors? John 3, 19. And this is the condemnation. Well, the, the Bible says, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is what? Condemned already. See, when you believe not, you're condemned. John 3, 19. And this is the condemnation. I believe it's speaking of the nature of the condemnation here. And this is the condemnation. That light is come into the world and men, what's the word? Loved darkness rather than light. You see, when the gospel comes to you, you have a choice. You have a choice of love. The love of the truth or the love of your darkness. See, because the gospel commands what? Repent, demands repentance. It demands a turning from sin in the heart. Because sin offends God. Sin is against the, all, the, the, greatest, the greatest love humankind has ever known. And so, and so when someone's confirmed with the gospel, they've got, a, they've, got, they've got a choice. Yes, true or false, but it's also, is it love of the truth or love of darkness? When you choose something over another, you're choosing to love that over the other. You got that? And that's what happens in John when those reject the gospel, John 3.19. This is condemnation that light has come into the world. And man, here it is, loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Why? Their deeds were evil. Why didn't they want to leave them? Because they loved them. I love my sins too much to receive Christ. I understand that receiving Christ would require that I repent of my sins. I don't hate my sins. I'm not sorry for my sins. I love them. I regard them. What have you done? You've just chosen your sins over Christ. In that darkness. In that darkness. Uh, that's an amazing thought. An amazing thought. See, our greatest problem is not the action of sin. Our greatest problem is the absence of repentance. It's the absence of repentance. To recognize how vile that sin is and how great the one is whom we've offended. And how great the opportunity that we have to simply turn to him by faith and trust Jesus Christ as our Savior. God couldn't have made it any, any easier than that. And yet, at such great cost to him, 
to himself. Uh, to himself. <clears throat> what else do we see here with Joseph? <clears throat> Our sins leave us speechless. They're speechless. Uh, we, they were speechless at his pardon for them. Uh, and then B, his grace and mercy leave us speechless. They were speechless at his provision for them. They were speechless at his, uh, at his, uh, at his provision for them. <clears throat> Genesis 45, 9, Jesus, or Joseph says, Haste ye, go up to my father and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not. And thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me. Boy, can you see the New Testament pictures all through this? Uh, thou and thy children, thy children's children, thy flocks and thy herds, and all that thou hast, hast. And there will I nourish thee, and yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. Uh, and behold, your eyes see in the eyes of my brother Benjamin, that is my mouth that has speaketh unto you. Tell, ye shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and of all that ye, that ye have seen and ye shall haste and bring down my father hither and so all this glory that has been given me uh, is yours and we are heirs together with Christ amen and uh, they were speechless at the provision that he was providing for them when you and I contemplate all that God has provided for us in Christ what does it do he's a speechless amen speechless at his mercy and that is grace, uh, and that is grace toward us. Hebrews 4.16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Oh, the mercy and grace of God that we bask in. Uh, what a blessing it is. Uh, we have access into that by, through faith, into, the, you know, into that, that grace and mercy. Uh, so many times the Bible talks about this as, an, as a thing almost unfathomable what God has provided for us in Christ. In, in 2 Corinthians 9, 12, uh, and uh, uh, there the church was, uh, at Corinth was uh, among those that were sending a gift to the, to the saints that were suffering uh, in, uh, in, in Palestine in the area there with the, with the famines and stuff and, and, and the shortages and, and, uh, and Paul was talking about that offering and, uh, and he said, uh, he said in, in 2 Corinthians 9, 13 he says the experiment of this ministration this offering that were taken from you uh, back, to, back to Israel uh, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men by their prayers for you which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift these who are going to receive the gift were amazed at the giving of the Gentile world to, to believers in Jerusalem and so much so that when they would see this giving, what would they say? That was the grace of God in them. And knowing that God had driven them to that, they longed for fellowship with them. They, they, longed, we, they longed for more of a connection with these people who would give so freely to us. Why? Because we share the name of Christ. And they, they honored that. They, they, thanks went up to God multiple times and from multiple places because of that giving. The exceeding grace of God which is in you and, uh, uh, and we see that. Uh, we see the exceeding riches of his grace. Ephesians 2.7. He's able to exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Uh, Ephesians 3.20. The grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant. 1 Timothy 1.14. Uh, 
Uh, we have exceeding great and precious promises, 2 Peter 1, 4. Uh, and even uh, a- God to Abraham, I am thy shield, what? And thy exceeding great reward. Thy exceeding great reward. <clears throat> Jesus said in John 14, 21, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him. And here's the riches and will manifest myself to him. I will love him and will manifest myself to him. That's what Joseph was doing. He was manifesting himself and his forgiveness and all the grace that was flowing through him to his brethren was being manifested to his brethren. (laughs) What a picture. Jesus says, if you'll follow me, I will love you and will manifest myself to you. And I want to tell you something. There's nothing that the Christian soul ought to yearn more for than that. Amen. And by the way, there is nothing that will fill your soul or my soul more than that. And, uh, or besides that. And we need to, to yearn for that. To know him uh, more and more. And to follow him in his will. And finally, what else do we see? It is compassion. Uh, frees our speech. We look at Joseph. And his, his brethren, uh, they, 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 they were just amazed at his goodness. They, 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 they almost couldn't believe it. Matter of fact, before I go on, I wanted to point out one thing. Genesis, uh, let's see, when Jacob died. <clears throat> see here. He gathers his sons together, <clears throat> gives them their blessings and such. <clears throat> and uh, let's see. Let's see if I can find the passage. <clears throat> Looking for his place where his brethren are afraid he's going to. He's going to uh, judge them. <clears throat> let's see. Yeah, Genesis, uh, fi- Genesis 50, verse 15. Talk about the exceeding grace and greatness. So hard to believe. Speechless. And when Joseph's brethren saw their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. <laughs> what were they saying? It's almost too hard to believe. Now, now Jacob's gone. Now, now, now the hammer's going to come down on us. What did Joseph have to do? Reassure him again. <laughs> Reassure him again. Why? Because, because the grace and the mercy was so hard to believe. And that's the way it ought to be with us. And then his compassions, uh, they free our speech. The verse, Genesis 45, 15. Moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them. And after that, his brethren talked with him. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, I, I, want, I don't know how long they were tongue-tied, but they certainly had reason to be. <laughs> And yet Joseph is so compelling in his forgiveness, so caring by the Spirit of God and being a, such a wonderful picture of Christ that he, what does he do? He goes around. He knows. He's, he's assuring them. And he goes around, kisses all his brethren, weeps on them, weeping for them. I picture Jesus with his arms open to Jerusalem, you know, just weeping that they would come and, uh, uh, and uh, that they would have come all the years that they were called through the prophets. And, uh, but you know what? His love and his, his, his provision for us and his mercy and grace, what does that do? 
it gives you and I assurance, doesn't it? It's like we talked this morning. Uh, you, can't, you can't back your way out of God's love. Once you're born again, you can't sin your way out of God's love. Uh, you can grieve your Heavenly Father. You can make your life miserable with sin, you and I can. Uh, but you can't change God's love for you. And by the way, he's ready to provide for everyone, every one of his. He's ready to save anyone who call upon him for forgiveness and make them his. Amen. And that doesn't change. And uh, we can be thankful for that. And this compassion, uh, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou, which thou knowest not. Jeremiah 33, 3. We think about those disciples after that spirit had come uh, in that great uh, Pentecostal uh, meeting there. Uh, in Acts 2.42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship, breaking of bread and in prayers. See, the communication was open. And I'm so glad that that communication is open. And what's the only thing that can hinder it? If I regard iniquity in my heart, what? The Lord will not hear me. The only thing that can hinder that open speech now is what? Is that absence of repentance. The same thing that hinders a person from getting saved can hinder a Christian uh, from being close uh, to the one who loves him the most. And that is a regard for sin, a lack of repentance. And so God wants us, uh, what, to be, uh, always have a short list, we've heard people say, you know, uh, when we sin, get it right. You know, realize who we've sinned against. Don't make an excuse. You know, get it right. God help me uh, uh, to move on. And you know what? No one forgives like our Father. Uh, no one gives strength to go on uh, like our Lord. Amen. And he will do that uh, as we seek his face. What a beautiful picture of uh, all that has, God has done for us through Christ. We see in Joseph's uh, dealings. Uh, with his with his brethren let's pray heavenly father i thank you for your word tonight and and father again uh uh just uh, seeing things maybe hadn't seen before and there's so many uh, illustrations of your love and your grace and your power in the life of joseph i'm sure throughout all your word dear god and i do thank you for that we will never exhaust this this blessed book lord i thank you and praise you and lord as we consider your power your grace and your wonder, your holiness, Father, but the provision through Christ which you've made for us to draw close to you, clothed in his righteousness, Father. May we never forget that. And may we avail ourselves often of the place before your throne, uh, dear God, to find, uh, to find mercy and grace to help in time of need. Uh, Lord, please help us in that. Help us as Christians. Uh, to be a forgiving people. Uh, Father, to forgive one another, uh, to forgive those of the world who offend us, uh, and Father, to have this forgiving spirit, even as Joseph did. Uh, Lord, help us to be like you, uh, and, uh, and, and as your kindness toward us, you, as, we, as you have forgiven us, help us uh, to forgive one another. And Father, help us to be careful to thank you and praise you. We do ask it in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen.